Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Jay Wagner, a friend of mine for over 10 years. We met uh, when he was just a big box operator running remote clubs from New York City and then got into the Orange Theory Network. Just had a successful exit and we are going to hear his story, get his take on the industry, where it's going and uh, what his uh, next few ventures will be going forward. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So when we met 10 years ago, you were uh, dabbling in uh, in the health club industry uh, under uh, under some local names, I remember, yeah. right? So why don't you give your background on that, and we'll go from there. We had just started uh, developing clubs in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that whole process came about, and that concept was born out of a different franchisor. So I had two partners that had uh, secured a franchise territory, the franchisor was out of Florida. They were providing no support, and it wasn't a great situation. So they turned to me and said, hey, come have a look at this, see what we're doing. It was my first foray into fitness. My life, I've always been interested in fitness, had a personal interest in it, and have always just been eager to learn more about healthy nutrition, healthy lifestyle. But this was my first foray into the business side of it. And so we went down and decided it didn't make sense to stay with that franchisor, for the level of service they were getting and what they mm -hmm. were paying. So we created our own brand, and that was the Sky brand. And that was about the time we first met, and we've since opened two more, so we have three there now. They are full-service, mid-sized gems, dry clubs. Run, the smaller is 25,000, the others are about 47,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. But over the course of those years since we started Sky, have really kind of established a presence there with um, no equity in the name starting, obviously. It was a, a ground-up concept. Um, as the preeminent leader in that market in terms of kind of a uh, very, very service-oriented. And I can talk more about that, kind of how we baked it into the DNA. But it it's really been successful for us, and we're happy. That's great. And then how did you uh, first get exposed to the Orange Theory, and, and what did you see there? And I, My first exposure to Orange Theory was actually I walked by one in London. And I had a look in the window and thought, what the hell's going on here? Um, was intrigued by it, and being in a, a big box operator, obviously saw the writing on the wall that studio-based operators were coming on strong. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I wanted to be in the space, um, but I started looking around a lot of different concepts, entertained the idea of creating our own. Finally decided that uh, a first-mover advantage of 700 studios, like Orange Theory had at the time, is a pretty significant and compelling kind of reason to go talk to them. So I went down to Florida, what really pushed me over the edge, I liked the people. Mm -hmm. The leadership down there, they were committed to the concept, to the brand. They knew exactly what they wanted to be. It's a very sticky brand proposition, as you know. When I started talking to their members, it was crazy. The you know People say you drank the orange Kool-Aid. It is crazy the amount of uh, dedication and devotion they have to their brand. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, we've been talking about on a couple of podcasts today is that you know, any of these programs that get people significant results in a short period of time, they talk about and they tell their friends and they get excited about, you know, being part of the, the ambassador program. Yeah. And that's what I think for me, when you look at kind of where the industry is going and, and where it's come um, from, studio-based operators to me, I, I think will be a presence ongoing. Mm -hmm. um, there may be some consolidation, there's some shakeout, people adding kind of ancillary modalities, but for me, the studio-based kind of operation had a number of significant positives from the consumer side, not from an investor side. But if you look at it from the consumer side, it's convenient. I can pull straight up to the door. I go in for one hour. I'm out. 
it's a prescribed workout. I can't tell you how many times in a big box environment you see people walk in, stare at a seat of equipment, and as much as we try to engage them and get them activated and involved, it's a challenge. And they're intimidated and they leave. They last two months and they go. Mm -hmm. Uh, The value proposition is there. When you can essentially get private training for $13 a session, it's a hard thing to compete against. But I think the most compelling for me, certainly when I started looking at Orange Theory, is the sense of community. And, and going back to kind of what the leadership has done there that I think is very positive is use technology to foster that relationship. Yeah, I definitely think they, they hit at the right place at the right time. I think as people were starting to use the mobile apps and, and wanted to see their information, they, I feel like they were the first one to really yeah. deliver that experience. And also think given that they were already from, uh, a couple of guys were from Massage Envy, so they understood that, you know, they were basically trying to serve their franchisees as customers. Yeah. It was kind of a different mindset than groups that are, uh, you know, just basically saying, okay, I'm going to give you this box and I'm going to give you these materials and you're going to pay me 6%. It's like, well, right. am, am I really getting a business system from you or not? I feel like they delivered on. They definitely delivered on that in terms of processes. And I'm a firm believer in very, very detailed processes. And hopefully out of those you get compliance 80% of the time, then you're doing pretty good. Right. Um, But their commitment to those and the processes in place, and it evolved a little bit over the course of the years, four years I was there, but we're really dialed in in terms of how do you engage prospects to members to advocates. Mm -hmm. And they really did a good job in that. Yeah. I mean, someone said to me, asked me the other day, like, well, why would you pay, you know, 6 or 8% royalty to somebody like an Orange Theory when you can basically just reverse engineer it to an extent. I'm like, look, you're basically renting corporate overhead, you know, for $60,000 or $80,000 per location. And they got 200 people down in Boca Raton that go to work every day to try and make that a better box for you. And and you got to, you know, understand that And it's tangible. I mean, the, you know, not having to, and and I kind of had this perspective on it where we have our own brand, Sky in Tulsa. And we've been a franchisee. And to have not have to think about all of the marketing campaigns and doing creative and all of the things that are kind of happened down in Boca Raton, it's it's a blessing and it's a nice kind of environment to be in as a franchisee when it's successful. So when you had an opportunity to look at a map, obviously they already had 700 locations sold. You know, what areas were available? Did you think about like, hey, maybe I'll just, just double down in Tulsa? Or what was the... It's a funny, funny story, cause, actually, because I was living in Boston at the time. And I called the folks down in Florida, and I said, I'm really interested. I want to talk to you about territories. I don't want to do a single units. I want a territory. And they said, well, we've got two left. We've got Massachusetts and Rhode Island, and we have a little piece of Texas. And I said, bingo, I'm in Boston. I'll take it. Gotcha. So Excellent. So uh, what, what kind of team did you build to start that, and how much territory did you take down? Oh, so my territory was uh, the western two-thirds of Massachusetts, so everything outside of kind of the 495, which is a beltway around Boston, and then all of Rhode Island. So kind of looking at you know how to penetrate that market, obviously Boston had a head start on us. They had a couple of locations there. So starting to build a little equity in the name, but honestly— we, we looked at that market and said, okay, where do we go to kind of leverage what's happening in Boston? And because there's obviously commuters back and forth, and we were in kind of bedroom communities. And so kind of going where thought leaders are there in those markets and mm-hmm. in Providence. But that was it really, kind of just looking at that. And then so in terms of building the team, Orange Theory, I don't know you know how 
much kind of the structure, you know, but it's the franchisor, the area developer, and then the franchisee. So those three parties. So we were both in my territory. We were area developer, and then I ended up having four studios in mine territory and sold eight to franchisees. Gotcha. And then did you put a a regional team in place to manage that or were you? I did. Yeah. So we had a, and again, Orange Theory's got pretty well-specified kind of uh, org charts for area developers, but we had a regional fitness director and a regional operations director, which also, you know, because of our size, they had responsibilities in Studio 2. We really couldn't afford that amount of overhead to just be a regional role. Gotcha. So, um, so you just had a successful sale. So congratulations on that to, uh, the, uh, honor, uh, holdings, which are the group that's backed by prospect Hill. Um, how did that process evolved? And, you know, when you looked at the unit economics and, and the success of your current studios and getting the royalties from the franchisees below you, you know, how did you kind of calibrate? All right, this is the, the right time to sell. And maybe I'm leaving some money on the table, but you know, there's an M&A market that you have lived through yourself and, and you kind of say, you know, things are good enough, you know, and they might get better, but, you know, I don't know what the future holds. So how do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, there's some uncertainty there. I, it's certainly kind of with mixed emotions that I left it. I loved the brand sure. and I love the people and I loved our team. And, and so, you know, it's a tough decision to kind of come to, but I think when you look at kind of where the market is going and what is the right time, as any prudent investor, you got to say, is it best now? Is it best later? What's best for my team also? I mean, we didn't have the resources or the capital to kind of grow to the extent that we could have in the market. And there was a lot of white space. So when a buyer is looking at it, do they have the ability to go in and blow out that market and really capitalize and and own it? Um, And we couldn't do that. So it was, um, I think it was the right time for us. There was a lot of activity and still continues to be a lot of activity kind of in the space and with Orange Theory specifically. So it was a combination of those factors and just decisions. Yeah. So when when you look at Orange Theory and you say, okay, corporate, obviously they, they give you everything soup to nuts, but like what, what are some of the things that you say, like, look, the DNA of this business from the franchise award down to, you know, the franchisee, like this is a, you know, sales and marketing machine? Or? Well, uh, Orange Theory will tell you they're a, uh, a sales company with a fitness product. Okay. I think they short saw themselves a little bit because the fitness product and, and what made it really kind of rewarding to me, it's an authentic product. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said before, if, if people do the workout, you're going to get results. And I first got into this business because I really liked the idea of kind of recurring revenue and cash flow. But what kept me in the business and what really sustained me were the success stories that we'd hear from people. Um, just in terms of, you know, somebody who couldn't lift their kids before and now they can or they've gone off heart medication. Mm-hmm. But I think Orange Theory, you know, to that end has done a really good job kind of championing those success stories, working with building their community. I mean, they, the, the retention numbers that they have are impressive. So when you look at, at what you've got in Tulsa, you say, okay, there, there's a, it's a different type of community and it's a different breadth of, of, of members. So how do you kind of take the orange theory and say, you know, how do I apply that to a, to a bigger box where there's a lot more people and maybe yeah. it's not the same kind of. Well, I, some of the, some of the kind of principles that are personal to me that I think uh, absolutely applied. And, and I took these to both orange theory and to sky and neither of, or at least at orange theory, this was not part of their package, but we developed a system called EME and it's a class. It's called, it stands for exceptional member experience 
it's a class that I developed 10 years ago around when we were first talking. Um, And I still go, and all of our team is trained on it uh, within their first 30 days of employment. Everyone is recertified once a year. And it really is just, when I spoke at the beginning about kind of baking things into our DNA, I mean, that level of service is what has sustained us in a very competitive environment. Gotcha. So what's the goal with uh, with Sky going forward? What's your, what's your plans there? What's your next venture that you want to we'll dig see. into in the sector? Yeah, we'll see. I don't, the, the industry's in such a state of flux now, as you know. Um, people say at home is going to disrupt it. I tend to take a little more op- optimistic approach. I think at, at home gets people off their sofas, and hopefully they realize they need to get into a gym at some point. Mm-hmm. So... Where we go with Sky, there's opportunities for maybe regional development. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll take it from there. But I, I, I'm excited by what I see going on out there and um, look forward to the next venture, whatever that is. So it seems that there a number of uh, Orange Theory area developers are, are looking at the workout recovery mm-hmm. space. So there's been talk about, uh, I think a couple of groups gotten into modern acupuncture. A couple other groups have gone into, I think, like Restore just kind of like yeah. the more holistic, you right. know, full-serve wellness. Right. Well, what are your thoughts on, on that I, part of the sector? I, I think if you look at, um, I think there's definitely value there. Um, and I, myself personally, am a big believer in, in kind of recovery modalities like that and meditation and, and massage to kind of on a mass level. But I think the opportunity for an operator to do a couple things, I've never seen anybody do this, and I think it would be intriguing as a concept, to really incorporate food into it, into a health club environment with recovery. So you've got kind of a three-cycle kind of proposition there. It's a challenge, and they'd have to be run independently as kind of businesses and stand on their own, but I think there's some certainly some synergies of doing so. So I, I think it has merit. So um, from a standpoint of, of what you're allowed to do, is there non-competes that you have to... Be concerned about with uh, after you sell a business. After with Orange Theory, there is there is a post term covenant that prevents me from certain things. It's it's fairly. I mean, they're actually it's restrictive in some degrees and and not in others. I mean, I can be in the fitness space again, just not within a certain size. Gotcha, gotcha. So w- when you were doing Orange Theory and you saw some other competitors popping up, did you feel that that safety in numbers and and had conviction in you can do whatever you want, but like I know that the average boutique studio is doing thirty or forty thousand a month in revenue, and Orange Theory is doing, you know, eighty to one hundred and twenty. Yeah. So you know, if if people want to splinter off and try to whether it's a lead instructor who's doing their own thing, I mean, irrational competition is definitely the biggest issue. Yeah, and I think anybody who told you they weren't watching that is probably not being completely honest. I mean, right. It's death by a thousand cuts, right? Every little bit hurts. Um. So, yeah, I think everybody's looking at it and trying to decide and kind of where it goes. I, you know, going back to kind of my initial meeting with the Orange Theory people, one of my concerns is knowing how quickly this industry changes, how flexible and how, you know, willing are you going to be to evolve? And what I heard was, you know, they're very willing and and want to stay ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. So... Looking back when you started in the industry to where we are now, what, what's been the biggest like eye openers to you or, you know, this, this dramatic 
constant change that's happened? Is it? Yeah. Did you find it like I, exhilarating, or, or like it, me, yeah. maybe a little bit no, exhausting? It's, it's exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's exhilarating because I like to go try th- new things too. You know, as a marketer, we call members and consumers fickle. Fickle. As a consumer, I'm experimental. I want to go see what's out there and what's new. And so, you know, having different options to do that, and not just in terms of modalities and kind of studio-based, but different ways to pay for health club members, pay as you go. I mean, things are changing rapidly. I think it's exciting. Those that adjust and connect with their members best, I think will succeed. Got it. Well, t- go, going to your point, we had someone on here um, who's, who's basically you can pay by the minute oh, yeah. to go into, yeah. into clubs. And uh, obviously you got your class pass, you've got gym pass. So putting your Sky ownership hat on it and running that business, how experimental are you versus like, hey, look, this sounds great, but like I've got an EFT and I've got people's credit cards and ACH and like yeah. that's basically – effectively my only asset and I'm not letting you <laughs> kind of tinker with this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as an owner operator, I'm not leaping into that. If when I get it from members and consumers saying we absolutely want that, mm-hmm. we'll take a serious look at it. We've looked at class pass before and, and in terms of our ability to, to change and move quickly, that's one of the things I really love about being an owner operator of just a smaller, you know, footprint we can change on a dime, and we do. We change stuff all the time based upon what we're hearing from members or things that we want to bring kind of to the middle of the country that start on the East Coast or the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So when you look at some of the uh, programming that you've infused into Sky, how beneficial do you feel it's been to you know, live in New York City I- or live in Boston and be like, all right, all these trends? Because I'll go on a plane sometime and I'll, t- I'll bring up like, Hey, have you heard of Orange Theory? You heard of Barry's Boot Camp and people sitting next to me, you know, like, no, nah, well, what is that? <laughs> it's like, how right. do you not know what these things are? Right, right. But there still, like, hasn't been a tidal wave of, like, knowledge yeah. across but the to sector. Me, to me, think of the uh, uh, how much untapped potential there is out there in the country to get people up off the sofa and get them engaged. So Yeah, so what have you seen um, with uh, like Planet Fitness? Do you kind of view that as, you know, like a, a, a feeder uh, to Sky or, I, I or? the the um, emergence of the HVLP players, certainly the the more recent ones, kind of three point Right. Anybody who's our size and price like us, they're going to feel pressure from that. And I think, again, going back to what I said earlier about just connecting with our members and deepening that core relationship with them, has helped us kind of mitigate that effect because we've had those competitors come into Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And what what else do you see happening, or where do you think the the bigger boxes like that you have in in Tulsa? Where does that evolve to? Like Lifetime Fitness is trying to do like a like we work almost like inside of there, so you got people coming in. Um, some guys are talking about like I've got all the workout recovery, you know, donned out, you know, to the nines with. I got your Normatec, I got a salt room, I got a infrared sauna. So do you kind of view? your box there is kind of, you're the authority and I'm going to repurpose square footage? Or do you say, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to test everything. I'm kind of going to wait for I, it to become mass and then plug I, I it think in. We test where we know we can be true to ourselves. Where we don't test is go trying to be everything else everybody else is. A lot of big boxes now are putting in studios to replicate an Orange Theory or something else and to, to mixed results. 
We chose not to do that. What we did instead was invest in a real CRM platform to engage with training members and something we didn't have before. So we decided we're going to focus on that, which is really part of our core competency and not go out and be a studio within a club, within a studio, within a club, and every iteration possible. Got it. And, and you got uh, daycare? We do. At each one, childcare? I feel like that's one of the, the, the bigger components to the business model that, that a lot of investors kind of overlook. They're like, oh, I just want to be a planet. Fi- I want to invest in a planet fitness or I want to invest in, you know, like an orange theory. But they're in between. They don't fully appreciate that people in the middle of the country or anywhere except maybe New York City and maybe parts of L.A., like you need to drop my kid off and yeah, then you, no, you don't have a nanny. It's been hugely <laughs> successful there. And in, yeah, as with any studio that doesn't offer it, we heard that or at Orange Theory a lot. And so it was a, I wouldn't say a constant battle, but we, we had to address that quite a bit in terms of kind of answering questions. Gotcha. So what, what's the, uh, what are some of the things that you're looking at or what do you get excited about? You know, after the dust settles on this uh, on this other deal, <laughs> I just got back from three weeks in South Africa, so I'm, right, still, I'm still basking in that and and uh, looking forward to hitting the ground running now. Looking at different opportunities. So uh, let's go to South Africa for a minute. So we, did, did you like completely unplug at that point, or uh, I, I talk about it, but I never actually do it. No, it's <laughs> I, well. This was the first time I was able to somewhat unplug because we closed on our Orange Theory deal in December just before I left. Gotcha. So it was a a uh, new experience for me to have a holiday like this. Got it, got it. So any other uh, quotes that you live by or words of wisdom if there's an entrepreneur coming into uh, the halo sector <laughs> to say, besides buyer beware? <laughs> <laughs> words of wisdom. Uh, I, one of my favorite is you can look back but don't stare. You know, certainly have made mistakes in my career and learning from those and moving forward and not obsessing about them, I think, has made me a lot happier as I've furthered my career. The other quote I like is put the right people in the right seats on the bus. Um, It's all people. You know, I mean, you guys know this. I had a manager once that we were having a little coaching counseling session with, and he said he just knew he could do a great job if he just didn't have to deal with people. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and we shook hands and said, thanks, we're we're done here. Yeah. yeah. So. Or you can get a job at like a laundromat or right, right, something like yeah. that. That's self-serve. Maybe at home, going to work at an at-home product or m- virtually. Gotcha. Um, well, look, it's great catching up with you. I appreciate the, uh, the words of advice here and uh, look forward to working with you on the next chapter. And congrats on the uh, success to date. Sounds good. Thanks, Pete. Awesome. Man. Take care. Good to see you.